and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. These words written so many years before our Saviour came, they were written in the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, verse 22, declares our coming King of Kings, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Oh, goodness me, it carries such enormous prophetic significance, this piece of scripture, that the Messiah of Israel would come at God's appointed time. And he was despised and he was rejected by the very ones that he came to save. He was rejected by the teachers of the, the law then. And even today, he is still rejected by so many, isn't he? <laughs> we only have to look, look outside our window to see the state that, that this world is in right now. Ah, but the day is coming. The day is coming. But in the meantime, we come together and celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ. We come together to lift his name on high and declare that this church is built with the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The stone that the builders rejected is the chief cornerstone of God's precious church. Hallelujah. And thank you, thanks be to God that he has redemptive plans for his church as we come together. He is coming to get he is coming very soon to smash the agendas of the the political regimes around the world. He is coming in power to smash the governments. <laughs> he is coming to smash the educational and the religious systems that have been introduced by man. He is coming. He is coming and he will return in power and great glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that it is written that these things will come to pass. And in the meantime, we gather and we partake this morning of the emblems that you gave us, that we may remember the work of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, the Lamb of God, who was slain for the sins of the world. We remember you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus, this morning with gratitude and thanksgiving for what was accomplished at Calvary. And this morning we take of the bread. We take of the bread which represents your body. Thank you, Lord. Examine our hearts, oh God. And forgive us of our sin, Lord. 
We repent, Lord, for falling short. We repent, Lord, for for taking our eyes off you at times and not trusting you. We repent, Lord, for running ahead and trying to do things ourselves in our own strength. We repent, Lord, for our fleshy nature. Oh, Lord, we repent on behalf of the church that has turned cold. We repent, Lord, for apathy. We repent, Lord, for our unbelief. Yes, Lord. We repent, Lord, for our unfaithfulness. We repent, Lord, for not trusting you completely. Yes, Lord. We repent, Lord, for reading your word and not obeying it. We repent, Lord, for the things that we know we should do that we do not do. Oh, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. You may take of the bread. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers, that you know our hearts, that you know our intentions. God, thank you for cleansing us with the blood that is represented in this cup. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood, it cleanses us. It makes us clean from the inside. Thank you. Jesus, for this blood, that by partaking in your death, we also partake in your resurrection. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that this blood brings us life and life more abundantly. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that this blood brings us healing. And this morning we reach out in faith for healing, Lord, in our physical body and in, in our mental state. We reach out for healing with our spiritual needs, with our emotional needs. Thank you that healing is ours because of this blood in the name of Jesus. We take of it with thanksgiving. You may take the blood. Thank you, Lord. And we say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And right now, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you break this this, this heavy weight that is settled this morning in this place. God, we come against it in the name of Jesus and by the power of Jesus. You must lift off us right now.
lift off this meeting in the name of Jesus. We take authority. We bind the strong man. We bind the strong man of hell and death. We bind the strong man of Jezebel. We bind the strong man of Antichrist. You are bound. You are bound and you are defeated by the blood of the Lamb, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Back off. Because this is a sanctuary for the living God. This is a holy place. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us. We welcome your presence. We know that you are here. Thank you, Lord, that your word will not return void. And the enemy is defeated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Something's happening today. (laughs) Something's happening. But this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And, you know, uh, the testimony of God's amazing work always is something that can bring encouragement. So I would like to invite Sue this morning to come up first of all, because she has a testimony of God's goodness to share with us. Thank you, Sue. Morning, everyone. Yes, I am so excited. I just want to share with you the testimony of my friend. Um, She's been in hospital. She's actually for the last, since uh, early July, she's been losing weight, been really nauseated and had terrible pain. And um, when it was finally investigated, they found a a huge tumour, which was operated on a couple of weeks ago and removed. And she has had prayer several times for that and still needed the surgery, but... um, I was talking with Pastor Di one day recently and asked her if she would come and minister to her. And she came with me on Thursday night. And the miracle is amazing. Amen. This, uh, she was still losing weight. She couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't move around on her own. She couldn't even roll over or sit up in bed on her own. Um, and it was like 10 or 11 days post-surgery. She couldn't eat anything. Pastor Di came and ministered to her with me. And um, by the time Pastor Di had finished ministering to her, um, we went to take communion. She said, Sue, you'll have to help me sit up. I can't sit up alone. And then she promptly sat up all by herself. The next morning, I woke up to a message saying, I've eaten all my breakfast. I had a whole bowl of cereal and half a piece of bread. Um, She'd had morning tea and lunch. And she was able to get up and walk around, not just her room, but the whole ward several times. She was sitting out in the lounge room. Um, Her family, whom she was estranged from her daughter and son-in-law and the grandchildren, that next day, her um, son-in-law sent her a big bunch of flowers. The daughter and children have been allowed to visit her every day. And... It's just amazing that that same day, the next day after the prayer, she actually was discharged from the kidney specialist and said, you're well enough to be out of my care now. So she's still under the care of another doctor, but I believe she'll probably be coming home tomorrow. Come on. So it's just an amazing, miraculous 
miracle that just happened like that. And mm. I just give God all the praise and all the glory that he's such a good, good God. And I really believe it's the beginning. I believe that we've, t- we've, we've moved into a new season and God is going to do this now. I just thank you. Give him all the glory. Oh, praise you, wonderful God. Praise you, Lord, for the testimony of your healing work. Hallelujah. As you said, Sue, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we're on, we're, we're on the cusp of something very, very significant in the next couple of weeks as we, as we end up... Uh, finishing out this year and moving into the next year in the Hebraic calendar. Uh, there's, there's so much going on in the spirit realm, but I want to encourage every one of you to spend the next uh, couple of probably 10 days, is it 10 days now, just uh, reflecting on the year that's been and, um, and just getting right with the Lord. Not just lip service, but actually getting right with the Lord. It's time for a greater um, level of repentance. It's time for, for self-examination of what the last year has brought. Because we are marching. The, the army of the living God is marching. Yes, we are. Hallelujah. We are marching forward, and if you don't keep up, you are not going to be part of what God is doing. You have to keep up, and it requires holiness. It requires repentance. It requires obedience. It requires sacrifice. New levels are required from God's army because there is so much work to be done. And hallelujah, God is doing it right in our midst. He is bringing healing miracles to those in our, in our wider congregation. He is setting the captives free. He is binding up the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Change is about to come. Amen. Amen. Pastor Gary. Change is about to come. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. And that change that is about to come you know, is not going to look like the way it, it looked 20 years ago. God's not going to use the things he used before. They're going to be different. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. How good is it that Pastor Dye has been praying and serving? Like 30 years ago, she was praying for what's happening now. And it's finally happening. She spent the last few years hiding in a wardrobe, as she will tell you. But now it's time to come back. And she's going to the hospital and praying for someone who's getting healed. Come on, church. We can get excited by that. We all should be doing that, shouldn't we? God's not done with any of you yet. But the looks I see on your faces sometimes, it's like it's all over. We should be getting excited. The Lord is not done. He's doing a new thing. I've declared it before and I'm going to declare it again this morning. The big churches are finished. The mantle is getting handed over. 
The big schemes. Mario Murillo says it all the time. The big schemes, the skinny jeans and the smoke machines. God doesn't need them. And either do we. It's done. He wants the body of Christ to, to stand up and be counted and actually do the things that he did. That's all he wants. Be obedient and do what he did. I know I'm preaching to the converted in the house this morning, but those watching online, wake up. I have no issue with the big churches. They have a place. When we go to school, we have preschool, then kindergarten, then primary school, don't we? It's time for some of us to move out of kindergarten. Move out of preschool. Start growing up into what the Lord's got for us. But I can't do it for you. Pastor Ramel can't do it for you. Pastor Amanda can't do it for you. Pastor Di can't do it for you. It's up to you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Di, all that stuff that you prayed for and you were working towards and you were told would never happen 30 years ago, God's doing it now. I'm declaring that God's doing it now. All those things that you worked so hard for and were pretty well thrown out of churches, God is doing it now. And you know what, even now, we're still early. We are still early. Get ready, church. Get ready. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. Let's give Him the honour because God is still God. His throne is not on eBay for sale. He's still sitting on it. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Too many churches have been built as kingdoms for a pastor. You know how many times the word pastor appears in the Bible? Zero. Zero. Look it up. Pastors appears once in Ephesians. That's it. Yet we've built churches on pastors. We have mega pastors and mega churches. We have celebrity pastors. Is there not something wrong with that? This isn't my message today either. Is there not something wrong with that? Have we not messed it up completely? If you get a chance to read this church's constitution, it's, just, it's written like the Bible. Jesus is the head of this church. And this church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. <laughs> we went to a breakfast yesterday morning for a charity that we, we used to be part of. There's lots of pastors there. and You know the only person that talked about God in the whole place was a politician? Seriously, yeah. Rob Bolick, I give you credit, man. Praise the Lord. He was the most Christian person in the room yesterday because he actually, I don't know how many times he mentioned God. Quite a few. No one else that was up on the stage mentioned God. 
The room is full of pastors. My goodness, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. Thank you, Lord. Today we're going to begin a new series titled The Joy of Being a Giver. And it's not about money. So don't say, Pastor Gary, the church just wants my money. Let me continue, please. (laughs) It's not about money. The series is titled The Joy of Being a Giver. And the church doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. The fun of receiving is so great that many people never experience the joy of giving, do they? Jesus taught that we are to be givers if we are to find true joy in living. And today we're going to talk about the gift of forgiveness. Because we all need to be giving some forgiveness, don't we? There will be joy in that. But before we do that, I'm going to pray for our offering. If you've got your seed there and you're ready to sow, there's an offering box on each side. If you're watching online, the details will be on the screen. Loving Father, we have received your rich gifts into our hearts and our lives, Lord. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of eternal life, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to witness and to serve on your behalf. Thank you for the opportunity to work and earn a living. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and the capacity and the disposition that cause us to want to contribute today to the advancement of your kingdom's work. Lord, accept our tithes and our offerings this morning and bless them to your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it's important that we, we give of our finances because think, think of what Jesus said to the disciples with the widow with the two mites. We, we're called to give. We're called to give. Can we just take a moment to, to raise Zane and Diana up in prayer? Diana's father passed away just a couple of days ago. Zane managed to get there back to Malaysia just an hour before he passed away. So Lord, we, we raise this family up to you. We thank you, Lord, that they know you. Lord, we pray peace over them. We pray a peace, Lord, that can only come from you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, and we pray that they're safe over there. And Lord, we pray that you bring them back to us and their church family as soon as you can. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, Zane felt the need to, to leave early on, I'm not sure what morning it was, maybe Thursday morning, to head, head back to Malaysia. And he literally got there with an hour to spare. God works in wonderful ways, doesn't he? The scripture we're concentrating on today is Matthew, sorry, Mark, Mark 11.25. talks about forgiveness and prayer. And whenever you stand praying, it says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him 
and your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Are you seeking forgiveness for some things? Maybe you've got some issues with a friend, with a family member, with someone at work. Maybe you need to seek forgiveness first. The scriptures we're going to break down are Matthew 18, 20-21. If you've got your Bible, you're watching online, open it up. I'm reading from the New King James Version, but you can read from whichever one you like. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. More than two or three of us here this morning, so the Lord is here with us. It talks about the parable of the unforgiving servant. We've probably heard this one before. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Peter's thinking seven times more than enough, right? That's not what Jesus was asking though. A lot of consideration is given around Christmas time, isn't it? When we go choosing gifts for people. We see internet pop-ups when we're online, feature the latest gift ideas. We get catalogues stuffed into our letterboxes continually. Newspapers have ads for gifts. Television and radio commercials announce the sales. And pressure is applied to encourage us to purchase gifts for those that we love. Now we all know that Christmas isn't Jesus' birthday. But perhaps the Christmas season became a time of gift giving because some people thought it was, I don't know. But Jesus is the greatest gift that we'll ever receive. We also read the nativity scene, don't we? And how the Magi come all the way from the east, bringing expensive gifts and presenting them as tokens of reverence and worship to the newborn king, to Christ, to the newborn baby. But we should not be givers only at Christmas time. We should be givers all the time. Jesus taught his disciples on many occasions to be givers. He said in Matthew 10, 8, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. We all love that bit, don't we? Freely you have received, freely give. Makes me sick in the stomach when I see people charging for prayer, charging for healings. charging for deliverance. This happens here in our city. Freely you've received, freely you give. Luke's gospel encourages us in Luke 6.38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. If you're a stingy giver of anything, you will receive that stinginess back. Jesus also quoted Acts 20.35 as having declared, I have shown you in every way by labouring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You will see that just over there next to our offering box. Some gifts, some great gifts, 
Each of us need to give do not actually require any material wealth. When Jesus talks about giving, it's not always about money. But if you think in your mind that it is, if that's a trigger for you, maybe you need to change some of your theology. If you always think when someone talks about giving, it's financial. Let us consider today giving the gift of forgiveness to others. It's such a rich gift. It's so needed, isn't it? Who here needs forgiveness? So myself and Nick, awesome. Who here needs to give some forgiveness? Again, myself and Nick, <laughs> there's a few others. Forgiveness is a gift that everyone needs. In thinking about a gift for others, some attention should be paid to the need of the recipient for the gift, shouldn't it? We're not going to go and buy... controversially in these times, we're not going to go and buy our boy child a doll, are we? What's the need of that child? What's the need of the person that's receiving the gift? All of us need the gift of forgiveness. Every single one of us. We're all sinners. All of us are mistake makers. I've made some this morning already. I don't know about you. All of us bring some hurt into the lives of others. All of us need God's forgiveness. And our God forgives us. All of us need the forgiveness of those whom have caused, who we've caused to suffer. We're going to dig into this a little bit, but we've all caused suffering to someone. Do you need forgiveness from your parents? Do you need forgiveness from your children? This message today may trigger some people, but that's okay. We're here, we're family. We can pray together. There's plenty of people here that will give you a hug today if you need one. Do you need forgiveness from your husband or wife? Do you need forgiveness from your friends? Do you need forgiveness from complete strangers? We need to forgive ourselves, firstly. And sometimes that's the most difficult person to forgive, isn't it? We spent quite a few years ministering with drug and alcohol, or into drug and alcohol rehab, I can almost guarantee that every person we sat down with, the hardest person they had to forgive was themselves. They carried it for years and years, decades, some of them. Some of them still do. Even now, if one of the stupid mistakes or one of the stupid things that I've done in the past pops into my head, I feel bad about it. I've got to ask myself for forgiveness. Because we all have a background. We all have a history. We've all done some stupid stuff, I'm sure. Some of us more than others. Not to forgive ourselves brings unnecessary suffering into our lives. Not to forgive ourselves brings unnecessary suffering. Most drug and alcohol addicts are suffering because they can't forgive themselves. 
or they blame themselves. Unwillingness to accept forgiveness from ourselves can produce deep depression. That can lead to alcohol abuse and drug abuse. All sorts of poor life choices. Forgiveness is a gift that everyone needs to give. One of the greatest hindrances to spiritual growth is the neglect or the refusal to give the gift of forgiveness to those who've injured us. Think about it. Sometimes we blame our life and our life choices on someone who we just need to forgive. We just need to forgive them. They probably don't even know they've hurt you. The moment you refuse to give, to forgive, sorry, you actually stunt your own spiritual growth. And you rob yourself of the joy that God has provided for the community of the forgiven. We are supposed to be the community of the forgiven. We are the body of Christ. He's forgiven us. Why can't we forgive ourselves? Why can't we forgive our spouses? Why can't we forgive our friends? Why can't we forgive our children, our parents, whoever it may be? We're robbing ourselves of the joy and we're stunting our growth. How can God use us if we can't forgive everyone that hurts us? Let me assure you, if you've been in ministry for a while, you will get hurt. If you don't forgive people, you will not last. Mm. Do you need to forgive your parents? Do you need to forgive your parents? I've had to. They didn't even know what I went through. And I had to forgive them. Some children have wounded their parents. But some children have been wounded by their parents. Ask God to help you give the gift of forgiveness to your parents if they've hurt you, if they've wounded you. Do you need to forgive your spouse? Forgiveness is a great method of dealing with hurt and injury. You can ask for forgiveness or you can give forgiveness and leave it at the foot of the cross. Don't pick it up again. I was cranky this morning when I got here. I need forgiveness from some people today. Nothing was working again. I growled. I need forgiveness. Those people know who you are. Amanda, I need forgiveness for this morning. Forgiveness is a great method of dealing with hurt and injury. You can seek it and you can forgive it and, and give it. We must be forgiving towards our wives and husbands because that's the Christian response to injury. You know, the divorce rate would be a lot lower worldwide if people could forgive each other. You know, the divorce rate is the same inside the church as outside the church. There's something wrong there, right? 
Do you need to forgive your spouse? Don't answer that out loud. You can deal with that when you get home. Not doing so will sour your marriage and it will bring harm into your life. Do you need to forgive your children? Children can be cruel and they can break their parents' hearts. I'm still waiting for a phone call for one of mine from Father's Day. The one that lives here. Not the one that lives in America. Kids can be cruel, can't they? They can break our hearts. Some parents have gone to the grave ahead of schedule because of the ingratitude and the stupidity of their children. Many parents tremble with pain because of the hurt that comes through their children. We hear stories of elder abuse all the time. That's from their own children. Give to your child the gift of forgiveness, not because it's deserved, because it's probably not, but it's needed. We don't give someone something because they deserve it. We give it because it's needed. Your child needs your forgiveness. Your child needs your forgiveness. You need to be forgiving even more than your child needs that forgiveness. Do you need to forgive those who have injured someone near you? I read a story of a mother-in-law that once attended a prayer service and requested prayer for herself. She said, I found it impossible to forgive my son-in-law for the hurt he's inflicted upon my daughter and her children. I've lost the joy of my salvation because of my inability to forgive. Please pray for me. You know, if someone hurt you or, or hurt someone near and dear to you that you need to forgive. Pastor Amanda has a great message she preached a couple of years ago. I'd love to hear it preached again about the bitter root of unforgiveness. It will mess up your life. Once you get that bitterness inside you, illnesses just flow. Do you still have that message? I'd love to see that one again. Many times we think that we would be willing to forgive when it's deserved. If someone just treated me a little bit better, maybe I'd forgive them then. I'm sure we've all been there. If they just, if they just apologise first, maybe I'd forgive them. It doesn't work like that. Forgiveness is never earned. Ever. Remember, God forgave you through Jesus on that cross. What did you do to get that? Absolutely nothing. You weren't even born then. Forgiveness is never earned. Forgiveness is always a gift. Always. Hmm. Do you need to forgive yourself? It's a question I want you to be able to answer today. Do you need to forgive yourself? Some people suffer every day because of careless mistakes or stupid decisions that they've made in the past. 
I tried to commit suicide three times because of careless mistakes and stupid decisions I'd made. And I couldn't forgive myself. I knew God. I knew of him. I wasn't walking with him. Then I met Amanda. And I got to know him. I started a relationship with him. I could start to forgive myself. Some people inflict punishment on themselves repeatedly because of their past mistakes. They keep going around that same mountain. Often because they can't forgive themselves or someone else. We have people that have been part of this church that are going around that mountain again right now. They'll be back. But they can't forgive themselves or someone else or one of their family members and they keep going around the mountain. When we confess and turn from the love of evil, God forgives us. God wants you to forgive yourself. You've already been forgiven by him. Isn't that the best forgiveness you can get? Isn't that the best forgiveness? Third thing today is forgiveness is a gift that we must give. We have to give it. How can we expect Christ to forgive us if we can't forgive others? If you withhold the gift of forgiveness from the one who needs it, you do so at your own harm. Forgiveness <laughs> forgiveness and forgetfulness are not identical. They're not the same thing. It's nearly impossible to totally forget something. That's how we learn lessons, right? If someone hurts us, we can generally learn something from it. We don't forget. That's why Jesus said that we must forgive 70 times 7. That's for each thing, you know. That's not just start counting today and once you get to that, that's it. No one else gets forgiven. 70 times 7 for each thing. If Nick does something nasty to me today, I need to forgive him 70 times 7. If he does that same thing, 70 times 7. If he does something else, I've got to start again. I don't know anyone that's counting. I pray that you're not. Just keep forgiving. Every time you hurt because of some injury that has been inflicted on you, you are to forgive again if you choose to obey Jesus and his instructions. If your partner burnt your toast this morning before you got here, you need to forgive them. That's what Jesus said to do. If your child said something mean to you or didn't call you on Father's Day or Mother's Day, you need to forgive them because that's what Jesus taught us to do. If you've got a horrible mother-in-law, you need to forgive them because that's what Jesus said to do. That's what he taught us. I see some people with sad looks on their faces and that's okay today because we need to get this. 
We need to start forgiving. If your pastor has hurt you in the past or in the present, you need to forgive them. They probably don't even know they've done it. Because that's what Jesus taught us to do. If the church has hurt you in the past, and I'm pretty sure everyone in this room today can put their hand up and say that it has, at some stage, you need to forgive the church. You don't walk away from the church because of something like that. Because Jesus taught us to forgive. We must forgive if we want to experience forgiveness ourselves. I know it's hard. I've carried the burden of dumb choices and even some things that I I didn't cause myself. I carried that burden for years, but we need to be able to forgive the people. Because you know what? They probably don't even know that they've offended you. They don't even know that you need to forgive them. Much less, they probably don't even care. Because they're probably still out in the world. Forgiveness is not a price that we pay for the Father's forgiveness. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is not a price we pay for the Father's forgiveness. Rather, it's a condition that we must meet in order to receive His forgiveness. We don't pay the price. It's a condition. Sometimes we see it when we go into, into a shop, don't we? A condition of entry is we will search your bags. This is a condition. If you want forgiveness, you must give it. We must forgive those who have injured us to avoid the acid of hate from collecting in our hearts. We all know probably at least one bitter, twisted person that just hates everyone. Often the issue is they can't actually forgive anyone themselves. It's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. It doesn't work. The most expensive luxury that you can afford is a pocket full of hate in your mind and in your heart. Why would you do that? It'll destroy you. You must forgive. We must forgive. If we want to prevent the rupture of meaningful relationships, we must forgive. Every time I preach a message on forgiveness, the Lord keeps reminding me of what He's forgiven me from. In my teenage years, in my early 20s, I was probably a little bit like Paul. I hated the church. I hated everything the church stood for. In my 40s, late 30s and 40s, I love the church and I love everything the church stands for. The Lord just keeps reminding us. And you know, once we start forgiving, it gets a little bit easier. Maybe start with the little ones first and work your way up. But if we want to prevent that rupture of meaningful relationships, we must be forgiving people. This is particularly true in marriages. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. The spouse who never practices forgiveness towards their husband or wife is in for a miserable marriage. There's no marriage of a perfect man to a perfect woman. You will not see it, you will not find it. And it's an interesting, there was a study done many years ago 
that when when a couple gets married, the, they interviewed so many wives, and it was like, you know, I know he's not perfect, but I can change him. And then they interviewed the husbands, and she go, and they would say, I know she's not perfect, but I don't want her to change. So there's a conflict within a marriage straight away, isn't there? Because that's the way we're created. But we need to practice forgiveness in a marriage if we want it to last and we don't want it to be miserable. All of us are mistake makers. Did anyone make a mistake today? I already have. Again, myself and Nick. (laughs) Sue. All of us have a selfish streak. Thus, we must all have a continuous attitude of forgiveness. So we don't bring about destruction of the marriage relationship. The church is the bride of Christ. There's a marriage covenant there. So within the church, we should have strong marriages. We must give the gift of forgiveness if we want to enjoy fellowship with God. He is the great forgiver. We can all agree on that, right? He is the great forgiver. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one when I get there, because I'll find my own way. We pray that every time we meet. Forgive me my trespasses as I forgive others. There's a reason we pray the Lord's Prayer every time we meet. It covers everything we need. Not everything we want, but everything we need. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not worried about tomorrow, Lord. You may come back before then. Give me what I need today. By His grace, we are part of the community of the forgiven. These people walking around out there aren't. But by His grace, we are. And they could have the same thing. They could have it. To enjoy intimate fellowship with the Father, we must be forgiving towards others. Can I get you to jump up, Grant, please? We're going to finish up in a second. We've, um, <laughs> We're going to pray for a couple of people today. But after I finish up, I know Sue has a, has a word for, for Peter. She, she sent it to me yesterday. And Lord, we, we, we want to pray it over you, Peter. You, you don't know what it is yet, but get ready. <laughs> so, come on. God, oh, God's good. Forgiveness is a gift that we can give to others because of God's gracious forgiveness of our sins. Freely given, freely give. God's given you something, share it. I mentioned it last week, there's pockets of Christianity that believe they have a special revelation and they they want to hold on to it to themselves, but it's actually for everyone. If God's given you something, share it. If you can play the keyboard like Peter and play play the piano or the keyboard like Graham, share that. 
if you can play a guitar like Peter, share it. Don't keep it to yourself. If you've got the gift of healing, don't just pray for yourself when you've got a headache. Pray for everyone else as well. Whatever he gives us, we're meant to share. We're meant to give it away. Because as we give it away, more comes. It's like the lady with the oil. The oil stopped flowing when the jars ran out. God forgives us freely. He forgives us fully. And he forgives us forever. He doesn't say, well, you're just forgiven for today. He forgives us forever. Which includes eternity. He does this on the basis that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Forgiveness is a gift that we need to give because it's required of us. That's why we're going to work through over the next couple of weeks some some things that we need to be giving and the joy of giving them. If you start forgiving someone today, don't even just start, just do it that needs it, you will get joy from that. If it were impossible for us to give forgiveness, then it would not be required of us. If we couldn't give it, how many times do you hear it? You may have even said it yourself, I can't forgive that person. Hang on, it's a requirement. It's already been given to you, so you can do it. If you choose to do it, it's up to you. I can't forgive that person that hurt you for you. I can pray, but you need to forgive them. It's up to you. Forgiveness is a gift that we need to give others because it's absolutely essential for our own peace of mind and joy. Let me encourage you. I'm going to finish with this. Be a forgiver or be a giver of forgiveness to others today. Start today. We all have someone we need to forgive for something. Every single one of us. So let's start doing it. Let's start doing it. In fact, let's just do it now. You can do it under your breath. Tell, tell God who, who these people are and what it's for. He already knows, but he wants you to confess it. Lord, we thank you that as part of the body of Christ, you've given us forgiveness. Lord, we thank you that you teach us that we are to forgive others. Lord, as we, as some people come to mind and some things that have happened to us come to mind this morning, Lord, we declare that we will forgive. We declare, Lord, that we will work through that process. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. As hard as it may be, Lord, we know that you're there with us as we do it. We know, Lord, that you're there. We know, Lord, that as we're going through the, the process of forgiveness, Lord, when we need to run away a little bit, perhaps, and hide, 
We can hide in your shelter, in your comfort, Lord. Lord, we thank you that this church is a church of restoration. Lord, it's not just a church of restoration of body when we're, when we're ill, like we heard the testimony this morning. But Lord, it's, it's restoration of family and friendships and relationships, Lord. It's restoration with our children when they've hurt us. It's restoration with our husbands and wives, Lord, when they've, when they've hurt us. Lord, it's restoration with our grandparents, our great-grandparents. This is a generational thing. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We come to you in humbleness this morning. Seeking forgiveness ourselves. We come to you in humbleness. Lord, the glory is all yours. That each and every one of us can be a living epistle. Lord, let us be the light within our families and our communities and our workplaces. Lord, even within our church, of your restorative power when we are willing to forgive. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Amen. If you want some prayer this morning, everyone that's watching online, be blessed. We're, we're going to leave you there. We'll see you again this afternoon, uh, three, 3 o'clock in person if you want to attend, or uh, 3.30 online. So we'll leave you there. But anyone else that's here, if you need some prayer this morning, come on up. I might ask um, Pastor Ramel if he feels...